Welcome back to Screen High's MasterChef After Show podcast. I'm Spencer Brooks. Y'all can find me on the internet at BerserkXpense. That's B-E-R-S-E-R-K-X-S-P-E-E-N-C. And with me today, I have my co-host, Quint Glover. Did you spell that right? B-E-R-S-E-R-K-X-S-P-E-N-C-E. I don't know. Tell us at home, everybody. So, with me today is my co-host, the overcorrected, uh, Quint Glover. You can find me on Twitter at FN underscore Quint Glover. You can't find me anywhere else because I'm not actually a person. I'm just an imaginary friend of Spencer's fractured psyche. Hey, Quint, did you spell that right? <laughs> oh, wow. Fractured psyche. That actually did come into play. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, today we're covering the second round of auditions of MasterChef. And the Battle Back Pass competition, or whatever they're going to call it. They called it yeah. the Redemption Battle, the Battle Back, which I think they stole from another show, which that's another podcast coming up later. Yeah. But it's the battle for the people who lost. Yeah, you know, the people that didn't quite make it, you know, that second chance right there. But before we get to that, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of the contestants that came through. Yeah. Uh, our first contestant was Noah from Georgia. This guy was a giant. Yeah. Standing, what, six foot seven he was? Yeah. The one thing that stood out to me was his lime green bandana, and I hated everything about it. But, I mean, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. Let's be honest. It wasn't just the bandana. It was the Carthart overalls he wore with the bandana. (laughs) And a, like, plaid white and light blue button-up. And we're judging this guy's fashion on a cooking show. Oh, we are so judging his fashion. Because it was like, Georgia got ready for California. That's exactly what it was. Hip, yeah. Hippie cowboy coming in. Or not even yeah. hippie cowboy. Hip, hippie uh, good old boy right there. But uh, he comes in. Uh, bandana guy, which we'll refer to him as. And he made a burger. Yeah. What uh, do you think about that? I mean, you gotta applaud it. It's a really dangerous move. Um... And the audition rounds, you've got to bring your A-game just to get in the door. And if you're going to make something as simple as a burger, it best be the best dang burger that the judges have ever had. The bestest of the dangus of burgers. The yes. Bestest. The bestest and dangus. Uh, well, the burger he decided uh, to make was a double bacon cheeseburger. And uh, he based it off a southern breakfast burger that his grandma used to make. Yeah. Which, I mean, we would love to know more about that story, but <laughs> he kind of got cut off yeah, uh, the explaining it. Yeah, didn't care about his backstory. Yeah, Gordon did not give two flips about this guy. <laughs> but all those snobbish looks they had when he came in, they completely changed when they tried his burger. Yeah. So not only did he make a double, burger, a double bacon cheeseburger, he With made... A fried egg. With a fried egg on it, you know, you can't have a burger without a fried egg, or yes. at least in my house. Uh, and, he, and he made a hot smashed potato salad, which, just just make fries, dude. Make, yeah. make, make macaroni and cheese, make fries, just don't make that, you yeah, know? It did not go well with the burger at all. Yeah, and the judges totally just disregarded it. But that burger must have tasted amazing. Because yeah. those snobbish expressions literally went to uh, uh, next. I'm gonna grab show. another piece of this burger. <laughs> yeah, like Joe took wait three, four more bites of that stuff. Yeah, which by the way, thank you, Joe. Like in our podcast, we are uh, now officially Master Chef approved. So uh, you have quickly become our favorite judge, and we love you. Please don't tell Gordon exactly. And for all our viewers out there, uh, continue watching us because you know we're kind of a big deal now. <laughs> but <laughs> back to Noah. Uh, after they tried his burger, he immediately got three yeses. And I feel like, you know, 
they went a little overboard because they were saying, is this the first burger that's ever made it? And I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm pretty sure, you know, there was a competition where they did yeah. that. But the thing about that is it may have happened before, but it doesn't happen often. Like, it, it doesn't happen often enough that it's still a big deal. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how he's going to do. Uh, he gives me uh, big Terry vibes from yeah. uh, past seasons. I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. I just hope he's not one of the first ones out, you know? I yeah, don't I, I would, I'm definitely interested to see more of this guy. But the thing I'm really worried about him is, you know, I think, uh, like a lot of contestants, they come out the gate, they can cook meat any way you want it cooked. But if you put a baking competition in front of them, they're going to crash and burn hard. And I'm really scared that we're going to see that from this guy. But, see, I'm also excited because I feel like he's going to make the food that I'm going to want to eat. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. He's going to make that comfort southern food, and, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, but moving on, we had uh, Sherry from Minnesota, the lady with the Indian husband, yes. uh, straight from India. Uh, and she also learned the Indian cuisine, and she brought that to the table with a coconut curry red snapper yes and it it looked like she colored it like it looked like a piece of work it was crazy it it was you know granted i have not eaten at any you know starred restaurants but that dish looked like something that i would expect to get at a restaurant like that it was plated beautifully everything had its place everything worked together well it was just visually amazing yeah, it was so beautiful, and I mean, without a doubt, the judges immediately said yes, and she yeah. was in. Yeah. You know, her husband, she he didn't look like he had that much faith in her, even look, though he said he did. I'm, I'm calling it, like, this is completely intrusive to their personal lives. I don't think her husband thought that she was going to make it, and when she did, like, if you're watching the episode, look at his eyes. <laughs> Those are the eyes of a dead man. Yeah, he looked like he was prepared for, like, the worst outcome. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it kind of gives you insight on who she is a person, because, she, in nicer terms, yeah. we'll say she's a, a strict woman, you yes, know? very strong. Uh, we, we like to keep it family-friendly here, um, and those women usually go pretty far in the MasterChef kitchen, but yes. they also bring really good television because yes. they bring the drama they don't take the bs they just go you know yeah. i think in the team competitions she is going to be a major headache for whatever team she's on yeah i could see her ego uh i don't even know if it's an ego thing i mean it seems like maybe she's a perfectionist and she might let that get in her way yeah and she will only expect perfection if something doesn't go right i've guarantee it's not her fault oh guarantee you always being on we're going to charlie uh charlie brought a curried shrimp uh with pickled watermelon and watercress yeah um definitely not something i expected to see from a 21 year old bartender but visually it was amazing but that pickled watermelon that it in in no way does that ever seem like it's going to be appealing to me it doesn't sound tasty and i mean it had First off, when I think when you're going to cook with watermelon, you're going to take the rind off, you know? Yeah. You're going to take that skin, get it off. But no, she just chopped it up and put it in there. Yeah. And I was like, how How does that taste? Like, you're not supposed to eat the green part of a watermelon, I'm pretty sure. I have no clue, but I, it, I can tell you it's not something I want to try. I know. And I mean, the pickled aspect kind of makes it tasty, but at the same time, um, yeah, yeah, and- not... Apparently, the judges agreed with us. Uh, Aaron and... Well, two or three of them. Yeah. Aaron and Gordon 
gave her a hard no. They just didn't like the dish. And that's where we saw our first battle pass for the night. Yep. Uh, Joe gave his battle pass out to Charlie. Uh, He saw potential in her. Um, While Gordon, on the other hand, said, uh, yeah, you you should probably just try this next year. You know? Uh, You know, he's not holding back anything. And it's just odd because, you know, looking further at her dish, yeah, let's see how she does, you know, but pickled watermelon what's healthy about that i don't know and again it's i i can tell you because i know myself i'm never gonna try it so i'm never going to know the answer to that yeah it's just sad that something's well i guess a watermelon's not small but something that doesn't seem like a big deal took away from that perfectly cooked protein the shrimp you know i mean it's season 10 these guys are going all out they're if I had to guess, behind the scenes, all three of those judges are like, we're going to put out the best chef that we ever have in the history of this show. And they are not pulling any punches this the, season. The best chef or the best television, you know. You never know. Gotta make money. Gordon's saying the best television. The other two are like the, <laughs> the other two are like, we need better cooking. Got it. Gordon's like, I don't want more kitchen nightmares. <laughs> well, after Charlie, we had a group of three go. We had an eighth grade teacher named Wuta. I believe that's his name. Uh, we had a very cocky person named Evan, and then a girl named Molly. Yeah. Um, Evan, uh, we'll just go ahead and start with him. He had the quickest part of it all. Oh, yeah. That he, like, they showed him maybe 30 seconds, yeah. and the judges were saying yes. Yeah. I'm ready for that. He was cocky. He literally said that he was going to make the best dish he's ever made, and he's going to become Master Chef. Yeah. And he didn't hold out. He literally went in there, and they're like, hey... Yeah, here's your here's your uh, apron. Take yeah. it. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think this is another one of those contestants that I think is really going to struggle in the team battles because uh-huh. that that is a part of this competition. You have to learn to work with others, and if you win this, you're going to be working in a kitchen with other people. You're going to have to work with others, and this guy's personality, just based on the brief time we had with him, this guy knows he's good. He's sure of himself, and he's going to be a pain in the butt during team competition rounds i bet the way when they're picking teams and stuff people are going to want to put him on the other team Mm -hmm. so he fails that team but when he goes into that pressure test why should he care he knows what he can bring to the table i don't see him failing in a pressure test i I can see that because he i mean obviously has an ego with how he said oh i'm gonna be the next master chef i can do this i can do that but i mean if you can back it up that that's true what what's holding you back uh, moving to a more humble person, we have an 8th grade teacher. Uh, that was Wuta. I did not think he was going to get it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I loved his dish. I just thought, because I loved his dish, and because I'm a simple person when it comes to that stuff, you know, I figured they were going to roast him. I thought they were going to tear him apart. Yeah. I mean, he had, what, uh, barbecue... Oh, no. It was a teriyaki Teriyaki. salmon and fried rice. Yeah. So simple. Look delicious. Simple dish. Very simple plating. I mean, it's just rice on one side, fish and sauce on the other. And the one thing that was going through my head is that better be delicious or you're going to get thumped out real quick. Yeah. And thankfully it was. I mean, he got it. He uh, took it there. The judges loved it and they gave him his apron. Now, what he did with his apron, that's a different story. I, I am offended. <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. Uh, you know, like, people sacrifice so much to get a chance to get that apron. And I, I'm not judging this guy. I mean, you just got on MasterChef. Congratulations. You celebrate however you want. But coming out and spiking 
the freaking apron was just offensive to me. I, I it, it's probably because you're not the biggest sports fan out there. I he was just like probably. touchdown. Yeah, I, I get that, but keep your I football mean, out of my food, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, am I wrong? I mean, you're not. I exactly. don't want. I don't want football in my food. That's a totally different podcast. <laughs> That's called Sports High. If y'all want it back, comment, uh, share, and subscribe, everybody. Uh, you know, he got through. The food looked delicious. Ready for that. And then we get Molly. Yeah. Molly was interesting. Uh, I liked her. She was the one that we mentioned last episode that we heard sold their house, mm-hmm. quit their job just to be here. Um, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're from California, so I mean, yeah. this woman's gonna be just fine. Yeah, she's gonna be fine. She can. She was on MasterChef. I mean, she's gonna get a job. Uh, she made a chimichurri and she blended Asian and Latin elements. Yeah. Which you don't really think go well together. And to be honest, from what I saw, it her, didn't go well together. Yeah, her plate did not look delicious. I I think. I believe it was Gordon that said it best. He said it just, it looks bland and the meat looks gray. And it did. It just, it looked just like gray matter. It was disgusting. It did not look appetizing at all. And I'm not a big fan of bell peppers. So when I saw that added onto it and I was like, Oh, so this is supposed to be Asian and Latin. This, it literally looked like a Philly cheesesteak, but they took the contents from the sandwich and threw it on a plate. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But, uh, fortunately, Aaron saw some potential in her, and that's when the final battle pass was given out to this Molly girl. So, when we get to the uh, battle pass, battle back, or battle redemption, or battle for our lives, or Gordon Ramsay told us to do it, so now we're doing it, uh, we have Micah, Charlie, and Molly. But before we get to that battle, uh, we had one last contestant come in. And, and I love this guy. He is fantastic. He is fantastically flamboyant, too. He yeah. was one of the... He was definitely one of my favorites that I saw in there. Yeah. At first, he annoyed me. But then when I saw what he did, I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Yeah, I get uh, this guy. So we bring in Fred. Uh, <laughs> I know, he has such the simplest name, too. Yes. <laughs> So you got Fred, and he decided to bake for his uh, apron. And his food looked really interesting. Like, yeah. you know, coming into it, you had, um, what was it? He decided to cube yeah, his dessert. He, he started baking his cake, and Gordon comes out, and he does this thing where he talks to the contestants. And Fred pulls his uh, the cake out, and it's just kind of a blob on the pan. And Gordon's like, oh, well, how are you going to fix this? How, you know, how are you going to make it look like a cake? His response is, no, I'm going to cube it and plate it. And Gordon says, oh, so you're going to deconstruct it. And to me, that raised some warning bells because out of all the cooking shows I've ever watched, there's two words that raise alarm bells, deconstructed and rustic. And it usually means that they're in hot water and they're just scrambling to fix it. But Fred said, I don't use that term. I'm going to plate uh, cake and he followed through on that plan and it worked out well he basically made a stylish malted chocolate cake yeah and it looked amazing um he brought it in for the judges to check and you know he had what was it three cubes per section he had three little sections and they had three of the cubed cakes yeah and uh when they asked him about it, he said these are supposed to represent my seeds the seeds <laughs> 
Well, that could sound bad. The seeds <laughs> for my uh, future and dreams, and yeah. you know, hopefully they blossom from it. You yeah. know, some cute thing for television, whatever he said. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the plate looked good, and it looked like it would taste like a million dollars. And yeah. the judges also thought so. I mean, I, it was one of the rare times that I've seen Gordon literally. I mean, one every single judge got a bite of it, and then they said, "Okay, let's finish this real quick." Then Gordon picks up the plate and literally starts licking it. And then he saw something I've never seen him do. They didn't even have a chance to reach consensus. Gordon just grabs the apron and chucks it at the dude. He's like, get in. Yeah, he's like, you're in. Which, you know, it really bothers me that Christine was not here for this. Like, this is her, this is her high right here, you know? Mm -hmm. This is what she lives for. And she wasn't here for this competition. A competition where the first regular apron, a baker won it. And now the last regular apron another baker wins yeah and it's just crazy to think that she's missing out on this and she needs to come back to the show come on christine we miss get you. back there yes we need you christine uh so the last apron was given to fred and now we're to the battle back competition yes uh instead of being in front of the audience like the other ones uh they just brought the three contestants into the master chef kitchen with the 19 winners uh watching from the rafters yeah so I don't know about you, but uh, looking at all those people, recognize probably like seven, eight yeah, people. Yeah, but know? I mean, this isn't uncommon on MasterChef. I mean, just last season alone, we got down to the final ten, and there was a girl, I can't remember her name, but I was like, who are you and where have you been? I mean, the cameras did not focus on this girl at all, but she made it to the final ten, so... Well, I mean, I, with 45 minutes and 16 yeah. contestants, well, this time 20, I yeah. mean... You only have so much time. Yeah, so, you know, I'm reserving my judgment for the people that we have not seen until we see more of them, but that's one of the things that makes this show exciting. It's really hard to make a prediction early on. Like, you need to see... It's really not until after that fifth episode that you can be like, okay, I think they're going to win. You know, start placing bets to them. Yeah. So here we are at the battle back, and we have the three other contestants, uh, Micah, Charlie and Molly. Micah yep. was Gordon's choice. Charlie was Joe's, and Molly was Aaron's. Yeah. Um. They have forty minutes to create their own dish. It was kind of like a mini pressure test, and so it, it's at this point that I do want to criticize a bit of the editing for the show. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you get to situations like this, they obviously have those cutaways with the interview with the contestants, and you know, we're obviously going to talk about who wins. So. When they show Charlie's interview and she's clearly got tears in her eyes and she's trying not to cry in front of the camera, it spoiled it about, what, 10 minutes before the end of the episode, before they announced the winner? Yeah, like, it kept it where you're like, okay, maybe Molly or Micah's gonna win. But when you saw Charlie's composure, like... Yeah, you're like, she didn't make it. Yeah, she was crying. But she also had that same composure when she was cooking so i mean maybe that's why there maybe maybe she's just a crybaby i don't know (laughs) but uh yeah uh moving on uh what'd you think as they were going through i mean we already know that uh charlie just seemed rattled the entire time she was making simple mistakes she was getting corrected by the judges and then you have micah and he seemed so composed i mean i i said it in the last episode of this show i'm saying it now micah is my boy like you know he he got that second chance. He's given up literally everything. And, I mean, he came in there determined. He was not going to be shaken. 
And out of the three contestants, I feel like he was the most composed. Yeah, but I mean, I'm still a skeptic about him. Like, I, I understand that completely, but I mean, based on what we saw right here, I think he's going to do fine in the cooking competitions. But listen to this. From a producer standpoint, yeah. just from his story alone, out of Molly and Charlie, he, mm, he I, makes for good television. Yes, That's I, what I, I'm I getting at. I do admit out. to that. But, I mean, so you mentioned Charlie. She was looking rattled when she came in. Molly... I mean, I don't know about you, but it seemed like she was just kind of floating along. Like, yeah, she didn't seem excited. She... Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I think, you know, considering everything she's done, you know, selling her house, uh, quitting her job, all of that, I figured she would be more stressed about it, you know, taking it more seriously. Yeah, I mean, she just kind of looked like she was floating along. I mean, you know, Micah is... A bit more in control, but he is doing his best. He's got a plan and he's sticking to it. Uh, Charlie is kind of freaking out, but she is on top of it. She is not stopping. And Molly's just kind of doing her own thing at her own pace. And I was like, where's the hustle? Yeah, and you know, what makes us feel like you want to be here? Yeah. It's weird. And I mean, it ultimately showed in the product that she produced. Yep, and uh, talking of the products, we have uh, Charlie, who went first. Uh, she made a vodka beer batter fish on yes. tortillas. And while the plating looked great, yeah. it that did vodka, not... man. I mean, I, I love beer battered fish. It's amazing. But the thought of adding vodka to that and giving it even a hint of the flavor of vodka just sounds extremely unappetizing. Yeah, and you know, all the judges came up and talked to her, and they were like, are, are you sure you want to put that vodka in there? But she was just too stubborn, or she was too confident in herself? But I, Honestly, I think at the time, you know, with how stressed she very obviously was, I think she didn't hear them. You know, like, they gave her a chance to, like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's just like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I think she was just going through the motions. Yeah. Like, she was just like, I've done this a thousand times, I'll do it this way, and the product will be great. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, the slaw looked great, the uh, tortillas, they were a little different sizes, like, she only got two on there, and it looked just like a butt. But, uh, it just... I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Like, keep the beer batter, you know? Yeah. Don't do the vodka. Listen to the judges when they talk to you. If they yeah. give you advice, go for it. Yeah, these guys know a heck of a lot more about cooking than you do. They know so much more, and if they give you a hint, that means, hey, we want to keep you in this competition, but, yeah. you know, listen to us. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Molly, she had the pork loin with cilantro, lime sauce, and carrots three ways. Yes. Now... I really like the fact that she did the carrots the three ways. I, I will give her that. Yes. That shows technique to me. It makes me excited. Um, I enjoy that kind of stuff because it just shows that they can take one ingredient and make it literally an entire entree, you know? Yes. And I enjoy that. But the problem is, you know... The first thing the judges said when they brought that meat up, they're like, we really like the carrots. We really like the plating. It looks nice, but it's all going to come down to that uh, cook on the pork loin. And if you've never seen MasterChef before, spoiler alert, if you put raw meat in front of them, that's a really good way to get sent home. And that's unfortunately what she gave them. 
Yep, I mean, once you give the raw meat, you're, you're <laughs> nine out of ten times, you're going home, unless it's one of those days they're just like, nobody's going home, and happy better, music plays. Yeah, the next person puts up something that's just horrendously bad. Although, I love it when they do that, because oh, they're, yes. they're usually like, okay, we're not sending anybody home. The next week, we're sending three of y'all home. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's great. Welcome to the, to the elimination round. You all lose. <laughs> Well, after her, we had Micah, and that's our final gist. Yes. Our final dish. Sorry, words are hard for me. It's okay. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you, imaginary friend. Um, Micah, he made a ginger lime sea bass. Um, my issue was how early he finished the plating. Yeah. I did not enjoy that. Uh, you, Like I've said before, you know, judges have gotten on to other contestants for not utilizing that the precious seconds they have. Yes. And he finishes early, and he's just staring at the plate. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, issues occurred. You know, yeah. there were problems with it. I mean, my big concern was that he puts it in front of him, and the first thing they say is it's cold. Yeah. You know, uh, luckily that didn't happen for him, but, you know, the fish was cooked beautifully. Uh you know, the judges didn't think it would be. They opened it up. Yeah, they, Joe's they like, were That's shocked. exquisite. They but, compared it to fine dining, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, to the point where they asked him, you know, do you have a point of reference for this? Have you ever eaten at a starred restaurant? And this kid has not ever eaten at a starred restaurant and just did this on his talent, which is another thing that's given me a lot of hope for this kid. Like, I think he's going to go far, hopefully, if he can mature fast enough. But, unfortunately for the rest of that dish, the salmon was great, everything else was a mess. It just looked like mush, yep. to be honest. And, I mean, the judges even said the eggplant and cabbage he used, it was just greasy. Yeah. It, ugh, that's something you never want to hear. But, fortunately for him, that fish won him his spot in MasterChef. Yep. And our 20th contestant. Yep, Micah is in the game. I'm not a fan. Not at all. And I'm just going to say, I told you so, and I called it, and I win, and you lose. And if he's out in the first two episodes, we'll see. We'll see who's laughing. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. I honestly, I don't think, compared to the other people, he kind of deserves to be there. I don't think he does. Like, I get he battled back and stuff, and he did show diversity in his cooking, because he went from churros to that sea bass. Yes. But, you know, going back to Charlie and her being in the motions, how much of the stuff that he knows and does is just... Him going through the motions, knowing the instructions, doing that, you know? Yeah. What is tasting and flavor profiling for him, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm hoping, uh, you know, like they asked him, has, has he got a, a starred restaurant to base that salmon off of, or that bass off of, and he doesn't, and he just, he either was following a recipe from memory, or that was his talent and his intuition in cooking. And if that's the case, I think he's going to go far in this competition. If not, he is going to be out real quick. Well, my prediction for him is he had a great backstory. Yes. He was I able love. to uh, nail that fish, and the producers are like, hey, we can keep him. Yeah. We can keep him. He's yeah. going through. He's got a sob story, and we're going to exploit that for so much money. So much money. <laughs> and, you know, three episodes down the line, he's out. You yeah. know, it's great. I'm okay with that. I'm not. I want this kid to go far. <laughs> well, uh... Other than that, we got a preview for next week. It looks like they're doing the old cutting up the fish properly challenge, whatever yeah. that is, you know? 
They do it every season, every show. You got to yeah. know how to cut a fish. You got to be able to slice it and get all those good parts. And uh, it looks like we're going to have a mystery box challenge, too. All right. Does, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more excited for the pressure test, but I'm, I'm more of a team challenge pressure test kind of guy. You yeah. Know? I like the mystery box. I like that kind of stuff, but yeah. Uh, the mystery box is my favorite, hands down, because that's where they get the weird stuff <laughs> that they have to cook or, you know, just you're never going to cook with this. You've never cooked with it before. Chances are you're not going to do it very often again, but guess what? You've got to fight with it now. Yeah. You got to go with it. You, it's going to show what they can and can't do to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, that's going to conclude us for this screen high after show podcast for master chef. Uh, Hope y'all had a great time. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook at uh, Media High Productions, where we also post all of our Screen High episodes. We also post them on SoundCloud at Media High Productions. Uh, you can find me on the internet, the interweb, the whatever, at uh, Berserk Expense. That is B-E-R-S-E-R-K-X-S-P-E-N-C-E. And with me is my co-host slash imaginary friend, Quint Glover. You can find me on Twitter at FN underscore Quint Glover. You can't find me anywhere else because, like I said, I am a fragment of Spencer's broken, broken, destroyed psyche. I'm the part that posts all of the dankest memes. Okay, childhood was rough, guys. But, uh, yeah, be sure to check out our Facebook, uh, check out our Instagrams, our Twitters, uh, and also, you know, go to SoundCloud. Give us a play, give us a like, share. You know, Joe liked it. Why aren't you liking it? Yeah, are you saying that you're better than Joe? Yeah, are you better than Joe? Because you're not. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.